Thank you. Well, hello. hello. Um, a few years ago, I started watching this television show called Detectorists about these two fellows who go metal detecting in the fields in England. And um, the whole first two series, they don't find anything. Every day they go out and they detect and get nothing. But then at the end of the second season, one of the guys, Lance, is metal detecting and he gets a signal and he um, digs and he finds gold. He finds this really precious artifact. And this look of joy comes across his face and his friends all start dancing like their dream has come true. And I'm sitting there watching this on the TV. Let me just fix this up. And I started to weep. Tears just streaming down my face. I was just bawling my eyes out. I couldn't explain to you why, but it really moved me. It touched me deeply. And I've watched that episode like five times now. And you kind of think after a while you're going to stop being affected by it. But no, every single time I watch this fictional character find gold, I start welling up. Well, there's really nothing like an encounter to, say, read a book and be inspired or to hear a piece of music and to fall in love with it or to start crying over a bloke finding gold. An encounter can open you up. It can uh, 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 expand your ability to emote. It can change the way you think, change the way you feel, change the way you live. An encounter can change you. And earlier we looked at Acts chapter 9 and we find Saul. Saul hated Christians, spent a lot of his time killing Christians. And he's on his way to Damascus where he hopes to find some more Christians to kill when a bright white light shines before him and blinds him. And he hears the voice of Jesus and Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? And says to Paul, go to the nearest town there's a man named Ananias, and he's going to take you in. So he goes, and Ananias takes him in. And Ananias uh, says, I'm going, to, I'm going to stay with you. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and your sight will return. And it does. It does. Paul has an encounter, an experience of God. And throughout the New Testament, we see that this is God's primary way of reaching us and changing us through an encounter. See, Jesus comes and he does his miracles, right? He heals people. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends on everybody. God affects us through encounters. Um, the Pentecostal scholar Gordon Fee uh, said that Paul would not have understood knowing God as knowing him and as learning about him and believing in him. He would have understood knowing God as experiencing him. And he still changes us through experience. Experience is a vital thing for our Christian growth. So today we're going to talk about experience, about encounters. And we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at what prevents us from having an encounter. Why some of us just never seem to have a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. Uh, what we need to do to have an encounter and what we should expect to happen. All right, so why we don't what we need to do, and what we should expect to happen. So what, why do some of us struggle to have these encounters? David Brooks is a writer in America, very prominent, writes the New York Times, well-respected thinker. And he wrote a book called The Second Mountain, and he talks about when he was at college studying to be a journalist. And he says that every single day while he was at college, 
he went to the local theatre to watch a movie, this old theatre they had in town. Every day he would go and watch a film. And film brought him so much joy. It really moved him. It fed his soul. He absolutely loved film. Then he graduated college and he got a job working for a newspaper reviewing films. And he thought, this is fantastic. I'm going to get paid to do my favourite thing in the whole world. So he went along to these films. But this time, right, he went along with a kind of analytical mind. He studied the film. He thought, you know, what, what, has the director made a good choice here? And, um, you know, is that person right for the role? And is the pacing of this film good? He, 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 he approached it with an analytical mind. And he found that he was no longer enjoying the film. He was no longer impacting him. He wasn't doing anything for his soul anymore. And the fact is, if we approach things with too much of an analytical mind, it harms our ability to have an experience. If we approach things purely to understand them, we don't experience them. Now, that's not to say that understanding is a waste of time, right? Uh, this isn't an anti-intellectual position. There's some things, for instance, like poetry and classical music, you're really not going to experience unless, unless you understand them a little bit. But in those instances, the understanding is in service of the experience. You understand so you can experience. If all we do is try and learn and understand, we're not going to experience, we're not going to encounter. And the challenge for us, 21st century Christians, is that we've been uh, raised in a culture which prizes understanding above experience. John Mark Comer, an American preacher, points out that for many Christians, the central practice in their Christian life is the Sunday service. And what's at the centre of the Sunday service? The sermon, the teaching. And if we do something during the week, it's more often than not a Bible study, which is more learning. Now, again, that's not to say those things are worthless. Those things are vital, important. Keep doing them. And I'm preaching right now. These things matter. But... If that's all we ever do, we're going to miss out on an experience. And the fact is, the New Testament is just not teeming with people who've understood their way to growth in their faith. Got to make room for experience. So how do we do this? How do we do this? I'll give you three quick conditions, three things you need to do, three steps you could say. First is make some space. So have some time in your life where there's nothing going on. Put away your phone, turn off the TV and hide the remotes. Give yourself some clear air. Make room for the Holy Spirit. The second thing is desire an encounter. Want an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, ask and you shall receive. So sometimes it's helpful to say, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. The third thing is, Submit to the Holy Spirit. Just as you'd let a powerful piece of music move you, maybe even you'd let a piece of music get you up and dance, you need to let the Holy Spirit work you over and work in your life. You need to submit to Him and let Him change you. And you know what? He will. He will change you. You'll find ugly things in you, like resentments and bitterness, Bad habits will start to reduce 
And nice things like patience and kindness will increase. You'll, you'll, you'll find that you want to live a different life. You'll be inspired to do different things. You'll have greater compassion. There'll be people who you were indifferent to. Suddenly you, you care about them a lot. Even people you may have previously disliked, you start to care about them. You'll get a greater sense of God's love. A greater sense of intimacy with God when you encounter him. You'll end up feeling more love than you ever felt before. And you'll have a far greater understanding. Well, not an understanding. You'll know his power a whole lot more. I mean, God's power, supernatural power, is a thing you probably can't understand. You're never going to wrap your head around it. The only way to know it is to experience it. Got to have an experience. I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Nudge your kids so they look up from their Nintendos for a moment. They might pay attention to this one. There were three rabbits and they lived in the north field. First rabbit had a terrible temper. He'd blow up at anything. Second rabbit, well, she kept her temper under control. She came across as very calm and collected, but she had resentments. If anyone wronged her, she would never forget it. She held a grudge. And the third rabbit was self-centered. Anytime they came across a little patch of daffodils, he would gobble them all up before the others had even had a chance to sniff them. So unsurprisingly, these three rabbits, they did not get along. The third would do something selfish, the first would blow up, and the second would resent the pair of them. And eventually, things got so, so bad, they thought they needed some help. And they noticed another rabbit in the north field, a grey rabbit. And they thought this rabbit always came across as very kind, very happy, very friendly. So they hopped over to the grey rabbit and they said, Grey rabbit, how can we be more like you? And the grey rabbit said, well, you're going to have to spend some time with me. Stay near me. And the three rabbits said, yeah, that sounds all right. But, you know, isn't there some kind of program we can follow? Like 12 steps to happiness, nine rules for a better life. And the grey rabbit said, well, there's some things I can teach you. But mostly, you just got to stay near me. So they did. Wherever the grey rabbit hopped, they hopped also. And the grey rabbit did teach him a few things. He told them what he was about and what he planned to do in the north field. But mostly, he was just with them. And in time, the rabbits changed. The first rabbit just let go of his anger. He found peace. Now anyone talks about how angry he used to be. It feels like they're talking about a different rabbit. Second rabbit let go of her resentments. She felt immeasurably lighter, like a great weight had been taken from her soul. And the third rabbit, third rabbit started to find much more happiness in being generous with his daffodils than he ever did when he kept them all to himself. And to this day, those three rabbits are in the north field, staying close to the grey rabbit, being changed by the power of his presence. Hmm. There's nothing like an encounter. Nothing like an encounter. Let's pray, let's pray. Father God, we want to see you face to face. We want to be near to you. We want to feel your touch and intimacy, your closeness. We want you to change us. 
whether it be fast or whether it take years, change us, Lord. Make us more like you. Make us patient, kind, joyful, forgiving people, Lord. Help us build these encounters into our life. Because you are the Lord who loves us. You are the Lord who could be bothered to help us. Great God who could be bothered to help us. So we open our hearts to you, Lord. Amen. Amen.